podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Thursday where there's not a lot happening, but we are still reveling in the joy of Liverpool 4, Manchester United 0. United today have announced Eric Ten Hag as their new manager in what is clearly an attempt to distract from the disaster that took place at the week uh, on, th- on Tuesday night. We don't need to worry about Ten Hag. We don't need to worry about them at all. They're miles and miles away. But it is interesting to see some of his previous comments about us, which probably won't sit well with the United fan base. He has said that he believes Liverpool are the best team in the world, as has Ralph Ranić. That didn't sit well with the United fans. This will not sit well with them either. Uh, Before Liverpool played them in the Champions League in 2020, he came out and was very positive about Liverpool. Talked about how important it was to respect great teams. Um, This is Anfield have some final thoughts on the post-match. Liverpool show gulf of class between Manchester United does not solely lie on the pitch. And that's important to remember. Like, this is a great article by Stephen Scragg. We talk often about the players and the results, but the reason the results on the pitch are so good is because the processes off the pitch are outstanding. And when you look at how Liverpool are formed and the structure of the club and the attention to detail that goes into every single aspect, that translates onto the pitch. With our incredible recruitment that we're all aware of, with the analytical approach that we take, not just to recruitment, but to how we play as well. With the money that we've put into our sports science department, our physio department, our nutrition department, Liverpool players are set up for success. They've got the best manager in the world. They've got some of the best coaches in the world, one of the best training centres in the world. And these type of things put our players in a position where they just have to go and play. They don't have to worry about anything else. Everything else is catered for them. Everything they get is the best. And they're put in an optimum position. Compare and contrast that with United. Jobs for the boys culture. Nowhere close to best in class in any area. No real investment in their infrastructure over the last 15 years. 
when the Glazers bought United, they had a state-of-the-art training centre. They've done nothing to that training centre in, it's actually more than 15 years, I think it might be 17 years. They've done nothing to it. When they bought United, Old Trafford was a great stadium. Now it's outdated. It's got many, many flaws. Doesn't have the same caliber of amenities for the players. Forgetting the fans for a second, it doesn't have the same caliber of things for the players. They don't have the best coaches. They don't have a good manager. They might have now with Ten Hag. We'll wait and see. All I'll say on him is Frank De Boer won four Eri Divisi titles and Philippe Koku won three. And they were both a disaster when they came to England. So there's no guarantee that just because he's done well at Ajax, he will do well in the Premier League. There's no guarantee that just because he had that one good run in Europe, that's going to translate across into the Premier League. At Ajax, he has had best in class and his job was made much easier. Everything that he needed was catered for. All of the demands that are put on a manager were made much easier for him, as they are for Jurgen Klopp, by having the best support staff in all areas. He's not going to find that at United. At Ajax, where they could protect him from the noise, there will be no protection at United. Ajax are a huge club in the Netherlands. Manchester United are a huge club all over the world. And I know Ajax do have a global fan base, but nowhere close to the level of Manchester United. And what you have to remember is that as much as we might like to laugh at them, and it is great fun to laugh at them, they do remain the biggest club in England, one of the biggest clubs in the world. And everything that happens at that club is microanalyzed. There is nothing that sells a newspaper like a Manchester United story. Absolutely nothing either because their fans are so rabid and want to read every single bit about their club or because opposition fans, rival fans, want to read it and have a good old laugh. Ten Hag won't be used to this sort of scrutiny. He won't be used to a fan base as demanding as United's. He won't be used to hearing players and hearing a team booed if things are going badly. So there's an awful lot that needs to change at United before we need to become worried about them. And yes, you'll get idiots on Sky Sports or wherever, Keva, talking about how you need to remember that United finished above Liverpool last year. We had Jordan Henderson, Reese James and Nat Phillips playing centre-back. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. We're... 22 points clear of United with a game in hand. Win that is 25. Would anyone bet against it being 30 by the end of the season? In 1920, we finished 33 points ahead of them. In 1819, we finished 31 points ahead of them. They finished ahead of us in 1718, but we were only really starting to get going at that point. And they'd spent a fortune under Mourinho. They still only finished six points ahead of us. And our issue that season was we drew far too many games. 
We finished ahead of them in 1617. Klopp's first full year. Remember as well, in 1718, we got distracted by the Champions League where we went to the final. So there was that as well. Both teams were terrible in 15-16. They finished six points ahead of us. That was the year Klopp took over, obviously. It was eight points in 14-15, and we were awful that year under Rodgers. We finished above them in 13-14. Since Ferguson took over, the most they finished above us is eight points. The most we finished above them is 33 points. This season, we're on course to finish 30 points above them for the first to- for the third time in eight years, nine years. You know, when you think back to how great they were for many years, like, let's be fair, they were great for many years. They never finished 33 points above us, to my knowledge. I'm going to check it now, but... So 25 points in 92-93. We were particularly terrible under Sunes. Oh, 32 points. Oh, I stand corrected. 32 points in 93-94. We were a club in absolute turmoil. But look how long. So just think of that. Look how long it took us to get back from there. Uh, I dropped to 14 points the next year. Dropped to 11 in 95, 96, 96, 97. It was seven points. Like we weren't a great team back then. We were under Roy Evans. We were, I would say in and around where they sort of are now, but we at least had a group of players that cared. 97, 98, it's 12 points. 98, 99, now admittedly they won the treble that year. It is 25 points. We were also desperate that year. Uh, 99, 2000, it is 24 points. Julia is only really starting to hit the ground at this point. Uh, it's 11 points in 01. We win the cup treble. In 02, we finish... Above them, we finished three points above them for the first time in the Premier League era, which is a bit like them finishing above us last year. Now, they had mitigating circumstances that season as we had last year. But if we had been announcing that we were back, and I I don't really remember Liverpool fans doing that. We didn't have social media at the time, so you weren't in contact with as many as you, you are now. If we were announcing then that were back, it still took us 18 years to get back to winning a league title. Oh two, oh three, we get a, a rude awakening as we finish 19 points behind them. Oh three, oh four, we finish 15 points behind them, despite the fact we finished fourth. We were still, and they were third, we still finished 15 points behind them. Uh, 04, 05, obviously Mourinho takes over the league. They're 19 points clear. They finished one point ahead of us in 05, 06. We win the FA Cup. They finish 31, 
21 points ahead of us. In 06, 07, in 07, 08, it is 11 points. 08, 09, it's four points. Obviously, that was as close as we came for a while, and we didn't really come all that close. Uh, then we have a complete mess of a season in 09-10. Finished 22 points behind United. They finished second. 10-11, we finish 22 points behind them. So again, we're falling well behind. 11-12, this is Kenny's last season. They finish, oh, in fairness, in fairness, they finished 37 points ahead of us. That is a remarkably poor season for us. But again, like that's what the gap was. It took us eight years to close that gap. That gap exists now, but in the opposite direction. Uh, 12, 13, Rogers' first year, we finished 28 points behind them. 13, 14, we finish above them. They have themselves um, a mess of a season. And we finished 20 points above them to that point our biggest gap over them, 14, 15, then, like I said, they finish eight points clear of us, 15, 16. It's six points. Both of us missed top four. Um, we sack Rogers, bringing Klopp, and then it turned on its head. Klopp finishes above them in his first season, um, has finished above them in all but two seasons, will finish well above them this year. So, the point of this is the gap is massive. It's as it's as big in our favor now as it ever really was in their favor. And yet, but we're doing it more often. We're 30 points more ahead, 30 points better off than them, more often than they were with us in any short period of time. Then he went over 30 ahead of us twice, I think, three times. So we can take some solace in the fact that it's going to take them a long time to get back to the level they want to be at. If we look at our club structure, it began to be put in place six years, six years before Jurgen Klopp took over, when Michael Edwards arrived. No, five years, sorry, excuse me, five years before. Klopp took over and it was slowly built then we remember when Rodgers took over and the transfer committee was formed and more of an analytics approach began to be taken at that point and obviously Rodgers wanted to do Brendan things and made an absolute hames of things but regardless that transfer committee which exists today just isn't called that anymore um, that was three and a half years before Klopp took over. So all of our processes were in place and we obviously had some very successful signings prior to Klopp coming in. Daniel Sturridge, Phil Coutinho, Luis Suarez, obviously a little bit before. Suarez was one who Edwards was very keen on. Camoli was very keen on. And obviously the club went and got him then once the disastrous mess we'd made of the, the Torres situation came to a head and he left. But once Edwards got more control, which he had when Rogers was in charge, 
until Rodgers got it back after finishing second. We did start to sign good players using the processes that Michael Edwards wanted to use. And all of those now run through the club. But for United, they're appointing Ten Hag. Now, he is not Jurgen Klopp, not by any stretch. But let's just say he was. Would Jurgen Klopp have the success that he has had without the recruitment being as good, without so much money being pushed into every single area to ensure that we don't make many mistakes and that when we do make mistakes, they can be very quickly rectified? I don't think he would. I don't think you can just throw any manager into a bad situation and expect results. There's three clubs in this country where top managers can go and have real success. City, largely because of the money, but they are, they're also very smart in what they do behind the scenes. They pump a lot of money into their infrastructure as well. Chelsea put very little into their infrastructure, but they've got an incredible academy that they did pump money into 10 plus years ago. And it really did kind of skyrocket from there. And they've also just got loads and loads of money. And Liverpool, because we've invested in infrastructure and because we've got the best processes in place run by the best people. United have not invested in infrastructure and don't have any processes in place. Even today, there's stories coming out that there's already been a bit of a minor argument over the appointment of Steve McLaren as one of the assistants to Ten Hag. So, you know, they, 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 they're going to stiff him on something else now because he's been able to win that little battle. It's all very funny. It really is all very funny. Um, there's transfer rumours on Liverpool.com. There's a bit more about Thiago on um, This Is Anfield. Anfieldindex.com, we've got two articles. Uh, Observations of a Demolition Job by Richard Coles and Thiago, the Master Controller by Stephen Smith. Do give them a read. Um, there is a Pro Plus. It's the USA podcast with Justin, Kev, Scott and the band from Twitter, Lugo. And then you have the latest scouted, which is mostly me and Carol talking about the potential of making Spurs a title contender and then a bit of focus on Everton because they didn't deserve any more focus than that. Uh, another shocking showing last night from the Ev. Hopefully we can give them a good old hiding at the weekend, but maybe Frank Lampard will win the shouting at Jurgen Klopp shield again and they can all go home happy. Uh, that'll do me, folks. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.